2: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Dropkick Murphys. My name is Jeff, and there are very rare instances you should ever toast a fresh bagel.
0: My name is Dan, and I prefer to use fat bottom skinny top strings.
1: (laughs) My name is Jimmy, and Talk Me Into is way more popular than I ever anticipated.
0: Is Aww. it just because like three relatives listen to it rather than one? <laughs> no, see, Jeff had way too high aspirations. Me and Jimmy are grounded. We're like, hey, this is going pretty well.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. fun.
2: We we have listeners and people talk to Dozens. us about it. And- we have
1: 50 reviews on, on Apple Podcasts. I know like a, I listen to a very popular podcast that only has like 100. We're yeah. like halfway there, guys. Well, yeah. Wow, so, we're almost um,
0: there. Another four more years. Get the, <laughs> yeah no it's fun, it's a fun. Downside, the only downside is we got about 40 of those 50 in like our first four months
1: yeah we haven't got one in a, in a crow's <laughs> age um you
0: guys should leave reviews on apple podcasts and email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com
1: yeah so, so guys, what is what? the string preference with uh okay band? so i just
0: stumbled on these guitar strings and they are so dope and i know you jimmy you play a little guitar jeff you haven't played in a while But I I think you can appreciate this. So I have this quandary where I like to bend my strings like a true Carlos Santana rock god. Yeah, but I also play heavy music and I used to break strings a lot, especially those big fat power chords. So I found these strings that Ernie Ball makes called Fat Bottom Skinny Tops, and uh, they basically are like two... Is someone strumming guitar now? Yes. I it's thought me. that was you, Dan, trying to let you know what's hell. <laughs> your fat bottom girl's skinny jean. Yeah. And skinny no, I will. I mean, the reason why I said it is because I like that name. But basically, the, the top three strings, what they call the bottom three, you know, the thick strings, are from a set of 11-gauge strings. And the top three... The skinny little bendy, bendy ones are from a set of nine gauge strings. Ah. So it's like the best of both worlds. I get that fat, chunky power chord sound, but I could also do the wow.
1: Very cool, <laughs> Jeff. You had a fun fact too.
2: Oh, that's a Dan line added to the bingo square. Yeah, <laughs> I necessarily so don't. Are, I don't remember. What are your guys' uh, takes on toasting bagels? Oh, right, right. Um you
1: mean like fresh bagels? Fresh or bagels. Like a... no, I'm not
2: talking about frozen BS bagels. I'm talking about
1: a real fresh bagel. Are you talking about re- re-toasting them or just Jimmy is them so confused? Oh
2: my god. Jimmy, you know a bagel?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes I know but say like I went to a, a bagel place and I order a toasted so are you if talking you, about like if you retoasting it well, to well, a Jeff,
2: bagel shop how do you Jeff, order your bagels Dan, okay. Dan I'm Jeff, having a conversation let me with you. jump in yes, because please. Jimmy's
0: failing at this <laughs> first of all we have a problem because I don't think Jimmy eats cream cheese and he probably doesn't even enjoy bagels that much I love bagels
1: but I don't like cream cheese so uh-huh.
0: then you cannot even have a conversation Jimmy turn off your wrong. mic this is
1: an adult conversation
0: right now <laughs> yeah um See I am I disagree with you I like a nice toast I will say I don't like to take it As far as most places do Like If I go to a bagel shop And I order like A bagel toasted with cream cheese I always think they overtoast it I like my bagel toasted Just enough where there's Some texture But not color See I don't
2: I don't think so If you're getting Especially just cream cheese Like okay Here's why I made this A fun fact I've been going And getting bagels Every weekend Me and my wife Love them There's a couple Where do you go uh, uh, I've been going to Ami's lately, but Kettle bagels yes, is also great. Ami's, Ami's is really good, and they're perfect. They're boiled and then baked, and they're soft inside and crispy on mm. the outside. Mm. And I, I think, I think they're, they're overrated. Okay, well, it's really? still a great bagel. Whatever. My point Over-boiled, is... Overboiled, underbaked. Whenever I go there... I ask for. I love not that toasting. we have strong opinions on bagels because I, know. I want I want the crunch of, of the <laughs> crust. I want the doughiness inside, and I want it to be cold. And I want the yeah, not, not like like if it just comes out of the oven, totally different than toasting it. But when you cut open that fresh perfect bagel and then you toast it, you're just getting the outside crustier, the inside that's so soft and doughy is getting gross. And then the, the cream cheese temperature is changed. Like the schmear is amazing that they make there. So why would you not? And it's like when I go there and I say, not toasted, please. And then I toast it. First of all, you're getting my order wrong. So that's a problem. And then you're doing an extra step. So today I go there I get two bagels for my wife, three bagels for me. Right. Cause we're, we want breakfast tomorrow. And, and so I order her two bagels. I say, not toasted. I order, uh, two of my bagels i say not toasted i order another bagel i was like i want just the bagel don't even cut it don't even toast it just because i was. gonna how much of this order do we have to listen to the entire thing i'll tell you all the types no (laughs) they toasted every single one of them except yeah Yeah, that's because you're a pain in the ass with your order except for the bagel that was hot how am i pain in the ass i'm saying excuse me please do not do this extra step
0: no you're a pain in the ass ass because you're like you're very specific about which ones. And for, uh, also yeah, your argument is you flawed are. because your argument is flawed because an Ami's bagel is already more bready, like chewy than a regular bagel. Yeah. So to have it untoasted is just like biting into a ball of bread. No, it's, it's as not. if you took half a loaf of wonder bread, rolled it into a ball and just,
2: even it if I it. go to kettle, I order not toasted unless sometimes, sometimes if I just get butter, maybe I'll toast it. So the butter's melty, but I, uh, uh, Forget about you guys. This, we're over. <laughs> we're done. Next segment, please. Next
0: segment.
1: I like a good French toast bagel toasted with butter.
2: That's what I get. The last bagel I got was French toast so I could take it home and toast it with oh, butter. Oh, you
0: guys are both dumb. That's baby food. Well, you yeah. like an everything bagel with cream cheese and locks and capers and onions. I do love an,
1: an everything bagel. Yeah, too. but
0: you could also have a
2: sweet bagel too. I
0: got it to put...
2: Uh, we're already done with this. It's over. It's over.
1: <laughs> I've... Brought it back. I'm sorry. Talking ourselves into it's the segment that we do every week. It's just things that we've been uh, doing just uh, randomly, trying to talk ourselves into it. Um, I have been talked into. I guess I wouldn't say I'm talking myself into it, but I was talking myself into continuing it. Is the great british bake off oh jim.
2: A, oh jim oh jim
1: let him talk series, it's a series that um, it's i believe it's my girlfriend's comfort food mm. um she she's a baker um some would say she's a master baker Ooh. Um, oh Boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs> ba um, this man yeah uh so she uh she was over one day We just threw it on because we were looking for stuff to watch on Netflix. And um, she was like, we can just watch this. Well, she was going through them and then like stayed a long time on the Great British Bake Off. And I was like, we can watch it if you want. And then she was like, "Okay, thank you. And then we watched it. And um, it is the most wholesome TV show that I have ever seen. Mm, Um, Yeah, I need
0: to watch it. I've heard that it's described as like the food equivalent of Queer Eye.
1: It is. Yeah, I would totally. The see only that. thing I
2: know about it is on off menu podcasts. I know that the hosts and some of the guests have been on it sometimes and some of yeah. their like backstage
1: stories are funny. But I'm like, I'm not going to watch a baking show on my own free will. See, I'm, I'm actually very interested in it because all of my cooking shows are like just straight up cooking. I don't really yeah. watch anything about baking. Me either. Um, I'm not I found interested.
2: it. My wife does. She watches like the sweet shows and I'm like,
1: eh. right yeah so i'm I'm interested in it because baking is a whole other animal in my opinion oh yeah i can't um, do it i'm, I'm bad at i'm it. awful at recipes i just kind of wing it and hope they work and uh, Jimmy, literally yes
0: i want to give you an allegory that you'll enjoy <laughs> yes ready yes baking is classical cooking is jazz
1: oh i was gonna say rock and roll um but yeah no, dude I, 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 I would agree with that in jazz Wow, sorry, okay. sorry, Jim. <laughs> sorry, Jim. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been sitting and watching it. Um, even after she left, I'm like, all right, yeah, I could watch a few more episodes of this, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I might talk you guys into it in the in the future, but uh, um, I also decided whenever I refer to her, I'm gonna say my girlfriend because Jeff <laughs> yes, always does the, my wife. Yes, do it. So uh,
0: yeah, so um, yeah. Jimmy is straight up adorable that. when he's in a relationship yeah i'm
1: pretty cute i would agree with that
0: <laughs> i just realized uh, that my camera is on and i'm standing up while i'm talking to you so you guys can just see my belly yeah yes I, i've been sharing several hours i just yeah. saw it
1: yeah <laughs> uh dan what are you talking yourself into
0: i'm talking myself into something that i know jeff has actually done on the show um Mm. but I have not, Ooh. which is uh, to get married. No, just kidding. Wow, that would have been, <laughs> been very impressive. You keep it, that would be yeah. a Jeff moment. I have to been,
2: I've a been secret. dating somebody for three yeah. years. <laughs> I proposed to them and we're getting
0: married in one hour. And... It's Jeff's brother Ryan.
1: Whoa, that would be cool. we like be brother. I thought you were talking yourself into Jeff's brother Ryan. I <laughs> no. was like, "What are you doing?"
0: I'm talking myself into a full rewatch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I did Jimmy too, has yeah. also done that.
2: Yeah, Welcome I mean, to the party. I didn't.
0: I almost didn't want to talk about it because it's it's you know commonly treaded you know area in this podcast, but I, I'm watching it with my niece who. Has seen a few Marvel movies, but never been able to like contextualize them. Like, I think she saw uh, one of the Spider-Mans and like Ant-Man, and that's probably it. Maybe part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So uh, she wanted to watch them. So we started at the beginning, and we're watching them in the order of when they take place. So we started with uh, Captain America the First Avenger. Mm-hmm. and then went to Captain Marvel it's pretty interesting to watch that's them a fun this. way to do it yeah it, it it's pretty cool um ironically the other reason why I wanted to talk about it here is because she brought up something that I guess I intuited before but never verbalized which is very fascinating for an eight year old to like reveal these like truths about media that we enjoy yeah. um and I actually wrote it down because the way she said it was pretty smart she said um now, so far, we've made our way up to the Avengers, which is like the end of phase one. And she's like, every one of these movies has the same ending. And I thought yes, she was going to say, like, the good guy wins. But she was so much more specific that she was absolutely right. So obviously, like, you know, it seems clear that these movies all have the same ending. But if you go even deeper, what, what Evie said was that all of them have a moment at the end where the main character agrees to sacrifice themselves by doing some sort of final you know attack or gesture or move right. or whatever so they're like I'm not coming back from this and they have a loved one that's like no you need to don't do it and then they do the thing and then they survive anyway and I was like yo yup, <laughs> yeah, that is every movie yeah she's good yes. she's but very- wait until she gets to the first one where that doesn't happen and like a character dies her mind is going to be blown yes setting her up for ultimate sadness
1: so yeah really did not in- happen like at all in the MCU what's that so too bad that doesn't happen like at all in the MCU. I mean,
0: spoilers, but let's just say somebody snaps. Well, yeah, <laughs>
1: but, I mean, that's 23 movies <laughs> into a franchise, but, but yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, I'm really enjoying rewatching it this way, though, it's super fun, and yeah. uh, yeah, uh, who's going next, Jeffrey? Jeffrey's going next,
2: uh, so I have been talking myself into—I mean, I've—I've I've talked myself into very, very successfully, Magic Arena. Oh,
1: okay. So, okay, Dan cool so this is actually the way that i would like to play magic at some point you
2: should it's kind of like duels of the planeswalkers but like good uh updated cards it's very current it's very much in the 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 meta game and is um, it in the cultural zeitgeist right now it's in the magic zeitgeist for sure as (laughs) he so not the cultural zeitgeist (laughs) (laughs) this came out in beta like two years ago and i signed up for it but i've either had a computer that couldn't handle it or a mac which it doesn't support which is cool so i I just (laughs) recently bought a computer but it it hasn't come in yet and they released an app and it's like technically not released yet even though you can download it in the store i I think it's might be in beta or something and i downloaded it and it's fully functional so i've been grinding pretty hard without investing any real money because i still (laughs) don't like paying money for like things i can't physically hold but like i do have a lot of packs where i can redeem the 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 code for the in-game cards and like as you win more games in standard or other formats or different quests you get in-game cards so like i've won Mm. a lot of decks that i can play you can
1: play this game without paying any money if you absolutely
2: i've been playing it for two weeks and i've paid zero cents um yeah it's really cool and zero cents and, and you like you earn in-game currency to buy packs. You can buy like current. They have all the way back up until um, I believe it's uh, Ixalan, and now they're going to they're remastering older sets. So they started with Kaladesh, and they're doing those sets and bringing them in because like some of the mechanics are pretty crazy, and it works really really well. And like you're playing live against people too, and there's like no lags, right. really smooth. I mean, this is a big thing that I'm just getting into now, and I've wanted to, but I haven't had a way to. And now that I have a way to I'm really into it and I can't wait to like build my own decks too. Cause I'm still not spending any money on it, but like you can get wild cards and pick any mythic rare you want. So in real life, you know, Mm. mythic rare might be 10 cents. It might be a hundred dollars. So I just bought like a copy of Vorenklex, which is a brand new card That's like 60 bucks in real life, but now I can play with it for $0 and (laughs) it's awesome. Um, yeah it's just it's a really fun way to play magic when you can't like I'm, i've been having problems like getting a game set up over spell table with dante my friend who lives on the the west coast Or well, like now i can go take a poopy and uh place play a real person in a game of magic so it's fun cool. very uh, cool. i like that technology 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 <laughs> all right <laughs> fellows that have assembled here that fellows okay. assemble <laughs> uh yeah so th- this is a fun one i mean we're recording this pretty much in march the episode's not out till uh april 20th but dropkick murphy's <laughs> have a new album coming out april 30th so it is going to be very much an in a Culture zeitgeist. zeitgeist with the punk um, rock
1: ethos yes all of those <laughs> things how many more things can we tick off jeff so, drop I your mean, phone
2: Um, This show, we've always said We're not professionals We're just people who like things Who talk about other things And I'm going to prove that now Because I've done no research Before recording this episode I just know that I love Dropkick Murphys And I have for a very long time They are a band out of Boston Who, uh, they started kind of as Like, they still are They're like a street punk band And they've infused like uh irish folk into that and i think that i would say they're the most successful band that has done that type of thing with those two specific types of music uh and there are a lot of bands that do that
0: a lot of bands that are inspired by them uh, i would argue that possibly flogging molly may have surpassed them
2: yeah i would say that they're more punk than uh, dropkick is more punk than flogging molly but I for agree. sure yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Flog and Molly's older too, but yeah, Dropkick Murphys have been around for like twenty-five years or so, and they're they're a band that has I would say surged in popularity um, due to ah bro culture baby <laughs> i know yeah. a lot of their songs are like especially shipping up to boston was used so
1: they're in- fans of three south is what you're saying
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a talk me into inside joke um but yeah if you listen to their music that's not the case if you listen to the actual lyrics it's not the case but un- unfortunately sometimes they can be seen as broey um So yeah, we're going to get more into the music. I have a playlist already made. Uh, They have like 10 or 11 albums. So I I picked a few songs off of each of them. And I'm a playlist guy when we come on this show, but like I totally could have given you all of Warriors Code um, because some of their albums are just so great. But I try to just do a sample of all of their music to see how they progressed from street punk to where they are now, which is they've they've been cohesive and been the same, but they fused it way better over time to where they are now. And with the new album coming out, I thought this was a good time to talk you guys into it. And what level of exposure do both of you have to Dropkick Murphys?
1: Um, I have a little bit of exposure just from like, I don't know, uh, being played on the radio, especially ter- towards uh, St. Patrick's day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know them like, like, I don't know like an album of theirs i don't know any like specific songs but like when i hear them i'm gonna be like oh i know that song oh i know that song i'm sure of it
2: well plus they do a lot of like traditional irish songs in their style so i'm sure you're gonna hear some so like i put amazing grace on there you know amazing grace so (laughs) never heard Uh, that one before what's that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) dan yeah sorry i didn't hear you um (laughs) My exposure is interesting. Um, obviously, I know a lot about them. I have a lot of friends who are really into Dropkick. Yeah, um, I never really gave them a full chance. I know a few songs here or there. Um, I also uh, know what you would call the bro side of things, which I don't think is as toxic as maybe it could have been. It could be. Um, I think it's mostly just because they've aligned themselves with um, Boston sports teams. So yes. Like, I've gone to see the Celtics play many times at the TD Boston Garden, and they always play shipping up to Boston at the beginning of the game. Right, um, right. I also know that they wrote a song for the Boston Bruins, which is on Jimmy Will Know because it was on a Tony Hawk playlist. They go, do. Go, yeah. black and gold.
2: Yep, oh, and they, yeah. they have songs about the Red Sox, too. They're, yeah. they're Boston strong, baby. They have a song so, called yeah. For Boston. They're <laughs> very I, much I know ingrained
0: of, in that i know a few songs and i really enjoyed them uh this probably will be a shoe-in because i never disliked anything from them i just never sat down and committed time to listen to them
2: yeah they're very catchy too i think that's gonna hook jimmy
0: i will say oh, that yeah. one thing that you might want to uh speak to a little bit to jimmy because it could be a little bit jarring is the transition between singers
2: there uh, is one of those and i was gonna bring it up kind of when it happens in the playlist. Okay. Um, so yeah, we we will get more into it And it's funny too, because this is one of those bands That's like, I just love so much I've listened to for so long They're from not far away from us But I've only seen them once And uh, it was in, I think, the WestCon Auditorium So the sound was just terrible It was a weird show cool. It was hmm. really weird um, But yeah, it's, it's just a band that I love a lot And I, I want you guys to too
0: yeah, then we can like get super drunk and like go to one of their Irish like March seventeenth shows
1: someday. See, that's yeah. ironic for you two saying that, but like I'm legitimately down to do that.
2: <laughs> well, dude, there's a, there's some good drinking songs that I put on the playlist too, which I don't drink, but they're they're good songs. Jeffrey very... soda to them, dude. I, 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 I drink will... the Jeff. Yeah, the <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> hey uh, you guys got a jeff on tap over there <laughs> let's get three jeffs over here real quick real quick boy
1: guys are you making me do this because i'm irish is it dropkick murphy's we're doing uh, dropkick murphy's guy yeah yeah we yeah i'm excited it. to talk about this yeah we listened to it and um this is Let's talk about be it fun then.
0: yeah so Jeff, person, I don't, yeah yeah what, i don't know what? if we established this in the first episode but we're recording this right around saint patrick's day did you do that on purpose uh no i did it because
2: their new album comes out uh the end of april and this episode right. will come out around the same time but also we're recording it around saint patrick's day so for us it's festive
0: yeah, I it's was like, true, yeah. I was listening to this at work and people were walking by and someone was like, celebrating St. Patrick's Day early. And I was like, nope, just doing chores. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to think about, like, I always tell people I'm doing homework. Like if I'm doing like, That's talk a good me into stuff. Yeah, I always say I'm doing, talk me into homework.
0: I'll usually actually say doing chores. I'll be like, I have some stuff to do tonight, some chores, and then I'll be available tomorrow.
1: That's funny. All right, so... Cadence to Arms. Yeah. yeah first uh, song on the playlist.
0: We could we talk about
2: Cadence to Arms and Do or Die together. That's why I put them together. They're the first two mm, songs right. on Do or Die, their first album from 98. And before we talk about this, actually, Dan mentioned that... Uh, did Did I tell Jimmy about the singer change? and i I knew it was early, but I didn't know that he was only on the first album. So really? yeah, I so didn't know that. these first three songs are Mike McCoglin, who then left to become a firefighter and then started his own band Street Dogs, which I believe just broke up. Are they're still around, maybe, But they've always had two vocalists, and the second lead vocalist is the bass player Ken Casey. So it's still pretty pretty fluid i don't think it's really jarring consistent yeah so yeah,
1: yeah i didn't even know that like i somehow thought that the i knew that there was a change but i didn't know where it was i I was too lazy to look it up but i thought it was like late i thought it was like halfway through the playlist or whatever but uh so i thought
0: the same thing and i i did a little research and found out what jeff said that um al Barr becomes the singer after the first album and uh what i will say though is jimmy i agree with you that it feels like he's kind of doing an impression through like the next two albums yeah. Um, it isn't until a little bit later on that he starts to sound like the Al Bar, Dropkick Murphy sound that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. from like mm-hmm. shipping up to Boston and all that. That's fair.
2: So what did but, you guys uh, think yeah. about uh, the, the intro to the band as it was? Because this was their first
0: album, the first two tracks. I thought it was fitting that they opened up with that. Melody on the bagpipes—that is the only bagpipe song you ever hear, which it turns out is called "Scotland the Brave." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds yeah. No, like, it's really good. Yeah.
1: Um, I thought it was fun.
0: Same. I think it's a cool opener. I I didn't realize. Like, we'll get through this. Will this will keep coming up? But I didn't realize bagpipes were as integral to this band. I always thought of that more as a flogging Molly thing.
2: Yeah. So like their first album starts out with the bagpipes and it's there throughout the album. If you listen to the rest of the album, but it's not as prominent as it becomes or it's not as integrated because even now, like you have the bagpipe intro and cadence to arms and then it goes into do or die, which is more of just like a straight up oi street punk
0: song right yeah about right. I do have one on little the, all that i do have one really little funny aside regarding the bagpipes which jeff you may not know all this but back in the day sib our old high school band was supposed to have a song with bagpipes on it yeah i remember this story and i i knew uh a girl i guess woman but we were in high school so a girl who played bagpipes and um she was kind of flaky she didn't end up showing up to the recording but she did show up to my house to practice and i gained a whole new level of respect for bands with bagpipes because they are so (laughs) incredibly loud
1: oh yeah yeah usually when they
0: practice they only use like part of it right they use the chanter which is like a part that you actually like press the notes on and normally the end of that is hooked up to the bag but you can also just breathe into it and uh So, yeah, I was like, I have no idea how we're going to record this. I still don't know how bands record. Dude, It's so
2: funny because like I've listened to so much Dropkick and a lot of music like this. But while listening to this playlist and trying to think of notes, like as you go on, you hear how the recording becomes better, especially in a lot of the later albums. And I was like, how do they do like do they record with the same person that just knows how to do it?
0: And I thought the same thing because they are incredibly loud yeah like we were gonna yeah. have her play in another room than the microphone
1: <laughs> that's awesome yeah no yeah. bagpipes are crazy um, funny enough I think well I've been around bagpipes and stuff because my dad is part of a fire department and they do bands and stuff and they always have bagpipes around and stuff they have like a um, I don't know like a bagpipe like quartet I don't know it's it's a weird <laughs> a group of, usually it's quartet. called like
0: a drum and fife band or a drum and pipe band
1: right yeah something like that but uh, the yeah, Bag Boys back lot. at it again. Yeah. <laughs> Good old bag boys. Uh also a funny aside, I think my brother was going to learn how to play bagpipes at one point, and I don't think he did eventually, but I was like, I to been learn how to cook instead. Dope. Yeah, I know, for sure. So um, do
0: or die. Um yeah. I agree with Jeff. Uh I had forgotten how much more of a like traditional punk voice the original singer had. Right. He sort of reminded oh, yeah, me of definitely. like Billy Joe Armstrong, sort of like like, a little less coherent, but more emotional. Um, and I didn't particularly think this song, like, stuck out a lot. I You know, it, like, the chorus is, ch- like, chanty and memorable, but otherwise it seems, yeah. um, you know, just kind of typical of this genre. But I do have to say, like, props to them, because they basically, like, created this genre, or at least, like, right. formally established it in the punk rock mainstream
1: yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And um I thought the guitar riff was pretty catchy too. Like it was it was it was good. Um but yeah, it definitely felt more like punk rock than I was expecting. Yeah. Um yes. but uh yeah, it was good.
0: It, it was feels good. like they get more Celtic as they go along.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially towards the end of the playlist.
0: Um, Barroom Hero. Um yes. I, I really enjoyed the quiet and like mournful intro with the vocals and the bagpipes. But I wish they had a more melodic vocalist, because I just don't think his <laughs> vocals match this part. Well, your wish is about to come true. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. I
2: do love the integration of the classical and the newer styles like we just talked about and like we will continue to talk about because it becomes more present throughout the playlist.
1: Um, but yeah,
2: this is a fun song. There's like that talk down in the middle and then it builds back up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have yeah. to say. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Oh, no, I was I was basically just going to say, like, it it was funny. Like, I like the idea of it, but way too long. This is like a six minute long song. And I was like, it could have been two minutes and I would have been fine with it. I would have gotten exactly what I needed out of it. See,
0: I went along with the length because I enjoy the story. I I had a hard time with the messaging because um, he does not. The character they're describing doesn't seem like a great guy to me. And yeah, I think they sort of want you to root for him. Like, yeah, that's a uh, that's a big theme in like these
2: they're drinking songs really yeah it's yeah. supposed to and and i'll defend the length just because like this is a kind of song when you know i'm sure if they play it live it's a, a big oh, sing-along rally sure, yeah
1: it's fun probably song. a blast yeah, yeah. I, I literally wrote that down I'm like this would be really fun to see live yeah so the the next song
0: pipe bomb is off a different album
1: yeah
2: the gang's all here so they've they release albums like pretty much every year or two for a while and recently it's been like every three or four years but yeah the gang's all here um from 1999 pipe bomb on lands
0: down what did you fellas think about this uh i enjoyed it uh it was more aggressive it reminded me a lot of rancid 2000 um, which made sense because I read that um, these early albums came out on Hellcat, which was Rancid's record label. They and did, that yeah. L- Lars Fredrickson actually produced this album. Oh, I didn't know he produced it, but that's cool. Yeah.
2: Because I know that they had some songs on Give Him the Boot and a uh, compilation mm-hmm. that Hellcat puts out. Yeah, this is a straight up punk song. This is just oh, like, yeah. straight up like oi punk. Um, and lansdowne is the street jimmy and dan i don't know if either of you know this dan might yes um that the red sox what the hell i can't think of fenway park uh fenway park <laughs> is on lansdowne and it's kind of um, just it's a song about like the rowdiness of those crowds um, gotcha. which, which is true i've never been to a baseball game but i've been to uh the house of blues on lansdowne which was formerly the roxy where we saw gang of four right dan mm. yes yes
0: I do have to say I find it interesting that even this early on, like in their second album, they're already addressing an issue that has basically followed them through their whole career, which is something we talked about in the first half, which is that they seem to attract a more violent sort of bro jock type of crowd. And I don't know if if I love the way they handled that in the lyrics to this song, which is to basically say like... Hey, you can say that we're dumb jocks, but it's okay. we're having a good time and I was like, uh eh, we'll see if they stick to that as the years go by.
1: <laughs> I didn't even like uh equate it to that. I just kind of thought of it as like a fun romp like um, but I thought it was a fun song um, yeah it was it was definitely very traditional punk um which is kind of like nice to hear in this playlist too because a lot of it is like more Celtic and more um traditional based
2: yeah right. i think it's very right. funny that on the same album the two songs i gave you were pipe bomb on lansdowne and amazing grace
1: yeah <laughs> yeah jimmy have you heard this version of amazing grace uh no i haven't but i've, I've also never heard of amazing grace what is it yeah that was a joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> which Hilarious. is funny because uh, my
2: my only note was i mean
0: we all know it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was good it was a cool version of it i've never heard this one before
0: I have heard it somewhere and I can't think of where um but I I remember enjoying it and liking it. I think it was a really smart decision to have the bagpipes play the melody and to not yeah, have vocals. Right. There were
2: there were vocals but they were like really low and hidden and like in the background. Really?
1: Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah I didn't notice that until I I listened with headphones last night and I was yeah. like, "Oh, weird. They're what there. is it just like
0: in the mix of the bagpipe melody?"
1: i think so yeah, yeah that's what it, it can
2: it's be very like. quiet it's intentional but it's it's just another
0: layer of texture huh yeah well i think that was a good decision because this is a notoriously difficult song to sing and even with the new vocalist he's not a great singer melodically mm. but yeah that then was fun
1: get,
0: yeah for boston for boston yeah, yeah. this was fun do you very know that jeff do you know the history behind this song i don't know the history behind it i mean i've heard it a million
2: times and it's like boston's theme song to me just because I've well heard it so it's long. actually
0: the original boston college fight song you know how old-fashioned yep. oh, okay. colleges had fight songs that's pretty cool um i like this a lot i think if you're gonna do an old traditional song from like the 1900s this is the way to do it just keep it super fast and like fun yeah
2: yeah, yeah, it's very catchy, and it's just a simple message about hometown pride, which is what fight songs usually are.
1: Yeah. oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, this is like it, like you were saying, Dan, like just keeping it fast and stuff. It's very punk rock. Um, it, it's cool to make it like a traditional song like that. I really liked it, Jimmy.
0: Yeah. Speaking of traditional songs, let's yeah. talk about the Rocky Road to Dublin, which for me. Is so, I mean the Boston College fight song is is interesting, but yeah. the Rocky Road to Dublin establishes something that Jeff has reoccurring throughout this playlist, which is Dropkick Murphys doing a modern cover of right. a very traditional Irish folk song. Yes, yes, I did uh, that on what purpose. What did you think fellas. of this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was awesome it was really good i don't think i've i've heard this one before but like you can hear it like in the melody like it's very traditional like irish um uh, it's like a shanty yeah exactly And they they
2: Um, add their dropkick grit to it which is what i love because i i've heard so many versions of the song so many of them are so good this is might be my favorite just because it's just like so it just gets you going
1: yeah yeah sure
0: uh, so I'm going to get a little music theory nerdy on you guys because there is something very interesting <laughs> about this song.
1: We got to add that to the bingo card, just an FYI. Yeah, music, music theory, theory nerdy. Nerdy. nerdy.
0: Um, so how, how can I say this? Let's say, okay, the, this is a very old traditional folk song. And a lot of times those songs were in odd time signatures because they were based around the lyrics rather than the lyrics based around the music. Right. Um and a lot of times, the easy thing to do—what I would have done if I was going to cover this song—is to take it out of that weird time signature and put it into something that's more pleasing to the modern listener. And they didn't, which I appreciate. I'm song glad is in they na- didn't. Yeah, yeah. This song is in nine eight, which is very odd for what we listen to now nowadays. Yeah, uh, but it it works because it feels like, especially fast, there's this fun vibe. Like the music is like out of control, and the singer is just trying to keep up. Did you guys get that sort of feel? Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it
0: sounds like it sounds like
2: not like a record skipping, but And he's just like a little bit behind, but still like it catches up eventually. So if you want to count it,
0: yeah, if you want to learn how to count nine, eight, like a real nerd, I'll teach it to you real quick. There's three (laughs) dominant beats in each measure. And then those beats are divided in three so the way you would count is one and a two and a three and a one and a two and a three and a one and a two and a three and a oh okay so think of that Jimmy, get a load of this it, guy fun. get a load of this guy over here <laughs> it's fun i was like yeah, this no. is in nine eight
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome i love weird time signatures and stuff it's it's always fun
0: I tell um, a drummer to play that and they'll be like i quit the band <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, the Fortunes of War starts out with the star spangled banner on guitar, which what bands do that? Oh, that's right.
1: Every I was like, single is punk this band. Jeff with a and I in
2: high school. <laughs> <laughs> and in twenty nineteen when we re recorded that song.
1: Yeah. Wow. You guys are cool. Uh, yeah. this song is very punk rock. Uh oh, like especially for sure, with like yeah the the new snippet in the middle too and it's like oh there's a message here i get it well this
2: was i looked into it because i didn't know the actual story i mean you could tell what the song's about but it's actually a real story about a guy that got beat to death by a group of people in an ihop parking lot which really sucks like if you're gonna go out it's (laughs) gonna be in an ihop parking lot
1: yeah, ah, that's messed know. up. Yes.
2: Uh, right. Yeah, but no, th- this is this is just like a straight-up punk oi song, and it's got a really fun guitar lead, too, which is uh, something that we, we get treated to every now and then in between the bagpipes and mandolins and accordions.
0: Yeah, I really like the vibe of this, musically especially. Um, I think the chorus is really catchy. When the justice eludes you, it's the fortunes of war, all that stuff. Um, I don't really know if I like the sentiment. Um and it sort of feels very like stand your ground like if you're in a dangerous place it's acceptable to repay violence with violence but i'll still sing along (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very irish of them um and jeff and i are like readers of tolstoy so we're like if someone attacks you (laughs) turn your cheek and let them attack you again
1: nice uh speaking of irish we're getting to like probably the most irish song i've ever heard which is a worker's song yeah
2: yeah this is uh, this is off of blackout came out in 2003 it's my least favorite album so i only put a couple songs and i really only put this song for the
0: message because it shows where they come from what they're all about Yeah, yeah i mean this is quintessential dropkick murphys for me and i think they do this stuff much better than the stuff of the last song Like Fortunes of War may be a better song musically, but I would rather hear them sing about the plight of the working man. Uh, It just seems a little bit, their take seems a little bit more nuanced, which makes sense to me because this is where they come from. This is the environment they grew up in. Right. So songs like this and then the Rose Tattoo song that we get to later on feel much more honest than when they try to take political stances.
1: I would agree with that 100%. Also, just, like, I like the mixing in the song a lot, too, because the backpipe isn't the main focus, which I, I was really uh, into, because, like, it's just, like, an instrument that just, like, they're playing along with it. Yes. And um, it, it doesn't have, like, it has the melody, but, like, it's very, it's not as prominent as all, all the other songs. Yeah, like Jeff and said it,
0: earlier, it's more for texture.
1: Right, right. Which, I've seen clips well of them
0: live, like, they they do a St. Patrick's Day show, and sometimes it airs on TV, and... um. Yeah which we can pick up locally because we're not that far from Boston. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is more what they sound like live. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Like they sort of boost the bagpipes for a couple parts. Yeah. But the majority I'm... of time he's just in the mix.
2: Yeah. And if you're talked into it, they do have a live album that they recorded in like 2009, I want to say. And uh, I have it. It's really great. And it's mi- the mix is
0: really good. Nice. I will say that the next song is one of my favorites. But I do feel like they overdid the bagpipes, especially in the intro. It's like bam, bagpipes in your face.
1: <laughs> yeah, kiss uh, this me, i fu- shit faced. <laughs> yeah, this song was fun. Um, again, I kind of felt the same way about the barroom hero song, mm. um, where I was like, oh, this is fun, and this would probably be fun right. seeing this fu- like fucking smash. Sorry, Jim, yeah. um, and um, and singing along to it and but stuff thi- too. This, but like,
2: I think Dan might like this more because this is more of what he says he wishes some of the more problematic lyrics were. And this is a total satire on that bro culture that yeah. we're not into. And it's right. very funny. And I'm sure a lot of bros don't get that. It's making fun of them. Right. And Jimmy like doesn't. The...
0: Jimmy's a total Chad. And he <laughs> yeah. thinks that uh, he thinks that they're actually this uh, brash.
1: Correct. Bro- yeah. You got that. Um, no, it's, like you said, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Born in the USA kind of thing where, like, the uh, the people think that this is, like, a very patriotic song. And boy, is it not. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I totally agree with that. And, uh, yeah, this, this would be a fun one to see live.
0: This one feels like a song that they could play, like, at the end of the set when everyone is, like, drunk and sweaty and yes. singing along.
1: Yes, exactly. That's and, what I uh, thought, too.
0: I love that in the beginning, you could be like, oh, is he serious? But then by the second fir- verse, when he's like, I can bench press a car. And then later on, he's like, I make, I make the best duck flambe. <laughs> like, like, this really dude is bragging about everything, and I love it. And I yeah. also like how he comes off the satire at the end. The music falls apart, and he's just like, I'm not really any of those things. And then it comes back even faster, and he's like, but kiss me, I'm shit-faced.
1: Yeah, for sure yeah it's fun uh, yeah very funny and uh, then we get to your spirits alive the and warriors like this- code
2: 2005 this is my favorite album like
0: if if i was an album guy and talk me into you would have gotten the whole thing um well jeff this is not controversial this is every dropkick murphy's fans favorite album i think i didn't say it's controversial but yeah this this <laughs> i mean we'll, we'll get to like the popularity in a little bit
2: i love mm. this one and the meanest of times i would say are tied for my favorite i love both of those albums
1: yeah, this song starts off uh very slow. I'm like, oh, is this like a ballad or something? And then like no. nope. it's like it's like the hardest dropkick song that there is. It's very good though. Very enjoyable.
0: I uh I had an interesting reaction to this, which is more based on me and not me based on the dropkick Murphy's, which is that I've listened to bands that are clearly derivative of the Dropkick Murphys right, before yeah. I listened to the Dropkick Murphys. So uh, there's a local band that we're friends with, uh, Bloodshot Hooligans, that had some regional success and they are definitely like in the vein of Dropkick Murphys. And mm-hmm. they have a song in an album called Bring Back the Spirit. <laughs> and I was like, OK, who did this first? Because uh, Bloodshot, I believe. Yes. Wow. But that's what I kept thinking, because their song is about the same type of message. And I remember we played a show with them one time and Josh, the singer, was very drunk. And he's like, this whole set goes out to John Thomas. <laughs> so I kept saying that while I was listening to your spirits a lot. I've heard that story. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, this this is
2: about morning lost friends. And I think yeah. that the way that they did it musically, where it just in rips. Sorry, Jim, is the right way to do it because they're really celebrating uh, people that they lost and, you know, having a good I time. I will say
0: that something happens in the chorus of this song that I think is a weakness of this band, which is that it feels like the chorus lyrically isn't memorable enough to be a chorus, if that makes sense. Hmm. Like, they just sort of like say something and then they repeat it. To me, like in this type of music, your chorus should sort of like summarize what the song's about but also put like an eloquent twist on it like leave you thinking and I don't think this song does I don't even remember what the chorus was I was the just spirits like
1: here it's alive I don't remember yeah exactly. I'm like okay I get it yeah I don't know
0: the Warriors code this is one yeah. I was familiar with because it's the story of Mickey Ward the boxer that the movie the fighter was based on correct oh, you know I that, know that yeah yeah no. So he's, he's on, the cover on the cover of the, of the album. album, the real Mickey Ward. And this does predate the movie, The Fighter. Oh, okay. Starring everyone's love, Mark
1: Wahlberg. Oh,
0: wow. How's your mother doing? <laughs> Good. How's your ma?
1: He blinded somebody. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the warrior.
0: <laughs> you said that while I was <laughs> taking a sip. Not Mickey Ward, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yes. Beat an old Asian man with his own cane. You sure did. remember that, folks. <laughs>
1: Um, this is the best uh, Dropkick song, in my opinion. It's oh, really? very good. Yeah, sure, yeah. It, can, it's a I very good song. Um, uh, it, it just, it slaps, man. Uh, the very beginning part of it's really good. I've heard this one before. I don't know where, but um, yeah, yeah, I've always liked it. It's a very good song.
0: I just, for some reason, got a flash of Jimmy being so into this song that he like took off his shirt and started shadow boxing while listening to it. <laughs> And I was like, "I vote for that." And cookie, thought is, you're gonna say. cookie is his mick. Cookie doesn't live with him. Jeff, come on! Uh, it's
1: Pumpkin on. in
2: Paris. Oreo. Jeff, I'm sorry, I don't know your kitties, Jimmy. I take this <laughs> joke back. Cut this out.
1: I thought you were going to say beating up a blind man, but um, <laughs> or binding blinding an Asian man. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess we can go on to the green fields of France. <laughs> Yeah, uh,
0: I love this one This is a cover of an Eric Bogle song Which it felt like Before I looked that up I was like, oh, this must be another traditional And it's, nah, I guess it was written in the 1970s So
2: it's a a Scottish It was based on a Scottish poem Popularized by Irish bands So, like, we're both right Based on our (laughs) Our research that we probably just did While taking a crap on our phone
0: Correct Uh, I did it while I did it while working.
2: Yeah, uh, me too. But no, this this song really shows the diversity of Dropkick. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it this is a really good highlight of the passion and emotion that they can deliver and do deliver often, even though a lot of their songs, you know, they're fun, they're drinking songs, but there's some deep shit in a lot of the songs if you really dig into a lot of the lyrics. And this one is just right up front.
0: And I think yeah. they deliver on it. I was pleasantly surprised by this song that they chose to cover it or, you know, do a rendition of it because it's so unabashedly um, anti-war and it's about the futility of war and the pointlessness of people who die in war. And, you know, I didn't know where they fell on stuff like that. And if I had to have guessed before listening to this song, I would say that they'd be more like support the troops, bro. Right. You know, they're vibe. they're very anti-war like the gang's
2: all here that album is very anti-war um our friend adam got in trouble for wearing a shirt with that album cover on it in school because it has like troops in the trenches somewhere. yeah no it has like troops in the trenches and this was like right after 9-11 that he wore it and uh they were like you can't wear that it shows war and then he got all upset because they're like f the troops you say some, you know it's that kind
0: of like uh hypocrisy 17 year old rage <laughs> yeah
2: yeah for real though yeah no it's true but no they are and there are a lot of anti-war songs and there's there's lyrics that i think they even have a song title in one of the later albums i'm not as familiar with uh that's very anti-gop so you know surface level you don't know it could go either way but they're
0: that, uh, they're that throwback to good old-fashioned working class democrats that don't exist much anymore correct kennedy democrats
1: um uh, but jimmy yeah th- yeah that was a good song though but uh yes dan
0: i'm i'm gonna let you talk about the next one <laughs> okay it's the biggest song it's probably the song that it you is most it's before absolutely recording this. their biggest song
1: yeah no it, it's 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 badass like it's it's very good um i like the warriors code better but this is definitely a close second do you know the Shipping story behind
2: Boston? this song jimmy
1: I don't know the story behind it, but I know that the Celtics go on playing. So
2: so Woody Guthrie, are you familiar with him? Okay, so uh, if people don't know who Woody Guthrie is, uh, you should know. But no, he was he was a the very, father of American folk music. Yeah, yeah, he was he was like a notorious uh, folk singer and songwriter. And his estate, his family, they have like a Woody Guthrie museum archive kind of thing, and they have let artists into the archives before to find just look through stuff, look through lyrics that he never recorded. So. Uh, the singer of Dropkick, I, I, it might have been Ken Casey. I'm not sure how the story goes, but they found like a just a piece of a page with the lyrics because there's not many lyrics in here. The song's like two and a half there's, minutes long. There's like two lines that are yeah. So he just found this. It said Boston so he picked it I assume Is the reason why (laughs) and then they Wrote a song around it so So you can say oh this is a Woody Guthrie song it is but you Have to give him credit because Woody Guthrie Didn't make this song what it was like they, they, They wrote the music For it that became The theme song for a City essentially and several sports franchises and everybody knows it and it became popular because martin scorsese put it in the departed that really started to uh really shoot this song to the cultural zeitgeist
0: that we're all familiar Uh. with I mean, if we're being honest, the lyrics are pretty dumb and not good, but the song has such a cool yeah, vibe. Yeah, and, and some people try to find meaning
2: in it. Like They're like, well, when I, the Irish came over and they had to go up here and the leg is representative, I'm like, no, this motherfucker's talking about a pirate. Sorry, Jim.
0: And not <laughs> not only that, but Woody Guthrie, if you are a fan of his, you know that he writes uh, pretty straightforward. He's not a very like metaphoric right yeah. po- he doesn't take a lot of poetic license he tells stories and he expresses a mem uh you know an idea or a thought so i i get the feeling that this is probably not even a complete poem or set of lyrics it feels like he just wrote no. down like two lines and then threw yeah, it away I'm sure
1: i'm positive yeah that's what it seems like
0: but uh yeah i mean how can you not like get ramped up, get amped up when you hear this. Like Jimmy said, this is played at the beginning of every Celtics game. And also like the cool thing is they play right before the tip off. And then it like quickly gets faded out as soon as like, you know, the ball is tipped. But, uh, towards the end of games, if you're lucky enough to see a very close game where it's like, you're in the last two minutes and you know, the, the score is tied or something like that. They'll bring this back at like an important moment. And then uh, the place goes nuts. The whole crowd gets on their feet and that sure it just like propels you into a fury.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a great song to get people amped up and stuff. And it, it's a perfect song for that. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it actually makes you think like, oh, wow, basketball could be cool.
2: It's not. Spoiler <laughs> alert.
0: Listen to our Celtics episode where they w- almost were talked into it. <laughs> Far from it. Um, <laughs> wow. Tessie is also a sports song about a much more boring sport called baseball. Yes. That that's I true. like.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like so it I, very
0: slow.
2: I, I've been listening to this song for years. I love it. The piano is rocking in this.
1: Yeah. like It's, it it's
2: real fun. I just assumed uh Tessie, the titular character uh in this song, was like a baseball guy until no. I did research for this episode, and he's not. He was like a bartender that like
0: just kept everything under control when no crowds went you're wrong. Am I wrong? Yes, the other name in the song, I forget what it is, but it's a last name's like McGreary or McGivy or something. yeah that's the guy you're talking about. Oh, Tessie is even weirder. Tessie is like a character and a song from an old show tune.
1: And it became
0: a song that they would sing at Fenway Park to root the team on. So for a long time, I thought Tessie was the name
2: of the organ that was played at Fenway. I don't know where I heard (laughs) that, but somebody
0: told me. Basically, like, to, to give you the context, if this song was written about modern fans of the Red Sox, it would be called Sweet Caroline because that's what people sing at Fenway Park. <laughs> so Tessie was just like this song that the Rooters, who were like a group of diehard Red Sox fans in the early 1900s, they would sing it at the stadium. And uh, yeah, I did a lot of research on this too because, it, like Jeff sort of said, if you listen to the lyrics vaguely, you can tell they're talking about something specific and they are talking about a very specific event, which was like a riot that was started when the rooters who all had season tickets the stadium or the owners of the red Sox, who were at that time the boston americans they like double sold those tickets so the rooters showed up to their seats and they were full and because they're privileged white men in the 1900s they started a riot (laughs) sounds right but uh i also like the piano a lot it has like a cool saloon vibe to it yeah Yeah, it's like ragtimey it's cool yeah
2: And then this one's for fun. I just put this in here because I love alternate cuts on playlists. Uh, The Tessie old timey baseball organ version.
0: I like that they called it that, but I did not like the way this song was. It was (laughs) interesting, but not enjoyable. Yeah, I I like it. It's fun just to put on.
1: uh, Yeah, I I basically was like, this is cool. I'm never listening to it again.
0: Yeah, I was like 15 seconds is enough. (laughs) That's what she said.
1: (laughs) Uh, famous for nothing
2: yes this is off of one of my other favorite albums uh, the meanest of times
1: yeah it's a super fun one Um, it it would definitely be really fun to see live like everyone chanting and stuff towards the end and uh, it's good it's a good song I like it because they talk about basketball
2: my gang went their way for bad alcohol their gang (laughs) went my for basketball I want to know more about that story I think it's just about growing up in a neighborhood and different neighborhoods having different cliques and um, right. you know
0: some levels things you of shared class. and some things you didn't. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but like they're at
0: the end they're all from the same neighborhood and the bells of St. Mary were ringing. Right? Yeah, I mean these types of bands have to have songs like this. It's a law about like being in the neighborhood and getting into trouble.
2: Exactly. And then we have uh, the state of Massachusetts, which is I don't think it's based on a real story, but it is like it tells a story just like Woody Guthrie was a a folk man storyteller. The state of Massachusetts is a story about a bad mom who gets her kids taken away by the state of Massachusetts
1: yeah I thought that was really cool this is actually one of the few songs that I like looked up the lyrics and stuff for because I was like oh this is like actually interesting and I like how it's like a double entendre because like obviously it's like Massachusetts like oh we have Massachusetts pride but like no it's not it's not that's not what it's about it's about you being a shitty mom Well, it's also
0: uh, like a pun because Massachusetts is a state, but is Massachusetts in a bad state? Like the state of Massachusetts? What is the state of
2: Massachusetts? Uh, Isn't it actually a commonwealth?
0: Oh, Jeff! Uh, I agree. To me, this is one of my favorite songs on the playlist. Uh, I love that it's a rollicking rock and roll song, but it also like goes the extra step. Like the last song, "Famous for Nothing." Okay, we get it. You know, you grew up in a rough neighborhood. You got into trouble. This song goes a little bit deeper to say, like, okay, what is the effects of that? When you grow up and you have like problems with drugs and alcohol, and now you have kids, the idea of like. Can you put your shit aside and be a good parent or are you going to choose the night and have, you know, choose your addictions and choose your partying ways and then your kids end up going to the state? I thought that was like a really interesting concept that doesn't get discussed a lot. It's a lot more romantic to talk about, like, hanging out with friends on Friday night and not (laughs) as romantic to say, like, and my kids are home with nothing to eat. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to look at it. So, yeah, I like the song. It was deep. Yeah, it was really good.
2: Then we get to uh, F. Lanigan's Ball, which is... Uh, the original song is called Lanigan's Ball, and they changed it to Flanagan's Ball. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's an update on a classic Irish song. Like, they... I forgot the town that is actually in the song, but they changed like that to Quincy, so they yeah. they Bostonify it. And mm-hmm. Jimmy, this song and Dan, I'm sure Dan noticed probably more than Jimmy, but this features the singer from the Pogues and the Dubliners. Oh, well. I definitely
1: knew that. No, I knew that there were like. The down here. <laughs> um, but uh, it was. Cool. I also
0: noticed there were guest vocalists, but didn't know who they were. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I like this. I thought it was fun with the whole stuff about spending time in Quincy and and things like that. But I think it starts to fall down this rabbit hole that is a dangerous. It's dangerous for this type of uh, thing, like traditional like folk ballads, um, especially Irish ones. Like there's a huge culture of like going down to the pub with your instrument and like just jamming with other local people. And like everyone knew these basic songs. And the thing is, like, everyone would add their own verse. Like, everyone had a different take. Right. So, they they sort of fall into this, like, verse-chorus, verse-chorus, verse-chorus thing that can go on forever because, like, someone sings their new made-up verse and then they go back to the chorus. Well, the problem is, like, when you adapt that to modern music um, and you're just, like, listening to a recording of it, it could get to be very repetitive and very, um, like, monotonous. And I think... They, they try really hard throughout these songs, these traditional songs to keep them interesting by doing things like adding extra vocalists, right. you know, changing the music around from parts. But for me, this one wasn't as successful. There was a there was a spot around like the fourth verse where I was like, I get it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I more put this
2: on here to show that uh, well, the guest vocals and it's just another version of a classic Irish song. But yeah. yeah, no, what you said is true. It's it's not the greatest song, but it's fun. I like it. I like the next song better. Um, so I'll I'm, begin again. I, I do like this song, but I put it on here because it's funny that you mentioned like uh Bloodshot Hooligans coming out with a similar song before. Um, before this album came out I was in a band called Browntown And we had yeah. a song called The Ballad of Captain Spaulding And it was one of the Three or four songs We never recorded So it sucks Because like I have these few songs In my head That I'll never get to hear Again um, And this opening riff The like the whole intro was almost identical to what the guitar player Dennis did for the intro to our song. So whenever I hear this, huh. I just think about Browntown and I get all nostalgic and, and then sad because
0: I'll never Dudes. hear our song again. And also this song's better. It's too bad you don't have a recording of it because you definitely have a lawsuit because clearly Dropkick Murphy stole that idea from you guys.
2: no that's not what i was saying i know i'm joking i was really
1: hoping hoping you were going to say it was a ballad of captain fun and i was like (laughs) wow
2: no it's about it's about uh sid haig's character and the rob zombie movies house of a thousand corpses and all those so uh, even dumber
0: uh, than writing a song about your fictitious persona (laughs) that ran around naked
2: yeah well i didn't write the lyrics i just i just played guitar in it played the bass Oh, no, no that was I played, different, I played, played, played guitar in it, Dan. Just said okay. guitar.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Dan, you like this one? I did. I think um, the music is a little different from them. It reminds me a lot of um, some rancid stuff, like Out Outcome the Wolves. Um, right. It's got these big, um, booming background vocals, and it's got this fun guitar solo, which you don't hear a lot in their stuff. Yeah. And the lyrics are an interesting look at... Um, recidivism and this idea of like you get out of prison you try to start a new life the system is rigged against you like you can't you can't get your shit together so you end up falling into back back into old habits and you go back to jail and i think that's like a very harsh but true story for a lot of people it's the american dream baby
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's also a very catchy and uh fun song so that's and what i like uh, about it
0: yeah it's, it's a interesting look at the prison industrial complex, which is a business. Yep. Uh, J- Johnny, I hardly knew you. Those so ants and
2: saints do be marching. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. This is, this is just another uh, update on a song that we all know. Very yeah. much anti-war.
0: Yeah. I think uh, obviously as Jeff re- referenced this, I knew this song as the ants go marching one by one. Hurrah. Hurrah. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was not a jokey kid song it was a very serious anti-war song from the 1860s yes um i like the arrangements a lot in this and i like the mix of it um again it has that little repetitive trap for me but the thing that spiced it up a little bit was at the end when the song cuts to halftime it just yeah. feels so much more powerful and
1: epic yeah it was real cool when it did that i i was i i didn't write that down but i was i it was very cool and uh i like that song a lot again yeah very traditional song i never heard this version of it so it was it was cool to uh to hear it
0: yeah i'm pretty sure the original is johnny i hardly knew ye i kept
1: saying yeah that. yeah maybe
0: i'm wrong but
1: when i, I guess when i looked like, it up yeah when i looked it up that was like the second recommended thing so yeah. that
0: makes sense. they were probably like americans don't say ye we say yeah we say
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah 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 like, yeah, let's do our own version, Johnny. I hardly knew Yas Queen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going out in style, going out in style. This is another
2: uh song that, like, like I mentioned before, that song about mourning your friends, where it's all upbeat and you know you're trying to keep good memories of yourself. It's the same thing. It's an upbeat funeral song, and it's kind of in the vein of the night patty Murphy died, which is a very popular song by a lot of bands. I which dropkick never covered i'm sure they will
1: they'll 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 have to eventually They'll be on the next album
2: yeah but this this is cool because there's a lot of uh there's a few guest vocalists uh fat mike has a line from no effects yeah they even call him out by name Mm -hmm. and i knew there were a few more but i couldn't place them and i this came out 10 years ago so i don't remember so i looked it up and lenny clark who played uncle teddy from rescue me has a line in here too which yeah, he's very infamous Boston stand-up comic. Yeah, which Dan and I saw live. He's he's pretty good. And then um there's a guy from Me first and the Gimme Gimmies and some other bands. I forgot his name. Uh but yeah, what'd you guys think about this song?
0: Uh, it was fun. Yeah. I I I didn't love it. I think the fat Mike cameo was cool because it's just funny that they li- they like sort of like they put him in this category of like boston musicians but he was like born in massachusetts but moved to california when he was like six and i feel like he's so much more associated with california punk rock
2: it's really funny too because when i saw no effects in worcester he Uh. met fat mike was talking about how he's from massachusetts and i just thought it was a joke in like 2005 and everybody's like laughing
0: he's like no really i'm from newton (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's funny but uh i i you know, it's sort of a trope, like you said, like these funeral songs, or there's a little bit of like a nihilistic and depressive vibe to it. Like, hey, when I go, you know, burn my body, throw the ashes in the sea. But uh, the music is energetic enough that it's it's still fun. It pulls you out of that vibe. Yeah, that's all the song's supposed to be, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just throw me in the trash.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what my grandfather used to say. <laughs> that's what
1: Frank Reynolds says. Yeah. Uh, peg of my heart.
2: Bruce. Bruce, Uh That's the only reason I put the song on here. It's not my favorite <laughs> Dropkick song. It's not. It's fine. It's a, it's a good song to listen to, but it's nothing really great to me.
0: Yeah. Um. By the way, the sound wave when we do that Bruce thing looks really cool. It's like a ball. I noticed that too. Yeah. It's, re- <laughs> uh, it's really rounded. Yeah. Um. This is not a great song, but I thought. Th- that the boss sounds good on it. Like he doesn't usually sing something this fast. I've, I don't think I've ever heard him sing over a fast beat before, uh, but he sounded good. He sounded young. I don't, what year did this come out? Jeff? 2011. Yeah. I so, I mean, this, this is,
2: good. this is after like his Seeger sessions and after his live in Dublin album. So, mm. you know, he's a, he's a folk boy. He is a folk boy. Uh, and then I, I added the Irish Rover cause you have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is a traditional that I'm, like, really familiar with. And, um, yeah, at this point, I was like, oh, do they write any songs anymore? Or do they just take old 1800 songs? <laughs> no, I they the do. I, I just I just made the playlist that <laughs> way. Yeah, to me, like, this one, um, I love the interplay of the penny whistle and the banjo. It's nice to hear some other traditional uh, instruments aside from just, like, you know, we hear a lot of bagpipes in this band, but yeah. I knew they had other traditional instruments. They um, do. And
2: and it gets more. I think even starting before this, there were some more. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of tin whistle.
0: Yeah. It program. reminded me a lot of um, like a punk rock take on the Seeger Sessions band, which you had mentioned in the last song, which was, if you're not aware, um, Bruce Springsteen put out an album that was like inspired by songs that Pete Seeger had made famous. So he called this. Traditional, like roots Americana band, the Seeger Sessions band. And if you haven't listened to that album, I highly encourage it. I i encourage you, not it. The album already <laughs> exists. It doesn't need
1: encouragement. I encourage it to uh, exist. exist. <laughs> yeah. Props to you, Seeger
2: Sessions album. You keep doing what you're doing. And then off of uh Signed and Sealed in Blood from 2013 is my favorite dropkick song, Rose Tattoo.
1: Oh, wow. It's your favorite, huh?
2: oh yeah dude this song is is great. just like lyrically i mean it's just really relatable to everybody i mean it, yeah. it's about love and dedication and loyalty and pride to family and friends and all those generic hardcore keywords um <laughs> that that are there but everybody can relate to that and musically it's just so catchy the way yeah. that like it builds and ebbs and flows and it's super like anthemic and sing-alongy and uh, there are a lot of and there's a lot of different instruments like dan just mentioned there's a lot mostly classic instruments or acoustic instruments and i don't know man the vocals there's a lot of
0: like woes and it's just (laughs) it's just great all around music (laughs) theory boys take it away well, I just think it's funny that you're like super into this when the song is sort of like a commercial for why you should get a tattoo and you don't yeah. have any tattoos. I don't, yeah. but I have I have spiritual tattoos. Oh, I don't okay. know what that means. I don't want to know about what that
2: means.
0: <laughs> <is>. uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it means. I regret saying it. Take it back. I mean, I love a good tattoo song. Uh, oh, yeah, H- me too. H2O has, has a couple that are really sleeve. good. Yeah. yeah um, I like the idea that um, a tattoo is, I mean, what the lyrics in here are is that tattoos are like a metaphor for signing and sealing something important to you in your own blood and that it's like an oath and a commitment and a way to honor things that are important to you. Like that's sort of a beautiful sentiment musically. Um, it reminded me a lot of pints of Guinness make you strong by against me. It has this sort of like, okay. Um, Acoustic shanty, dunjiga 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 like type of vibe. What'd you
1: think, Jim? I liked it a lot. It was, it, it's funny enough when I first listened to it, I'm like, oh, that was fine. Like, um, and then, like, probably like a half hour later, I was like, rose tattoo in your rose. <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's stuck in my head now. And I was it's, like, that's it, good.
0: It's also really personal. I did look up a little bit like the meaning behind the lyrics and it really is about Ken Casey's, you know, grandparents who yep. raised him. Yeah. Um, I guess his parents weren't in the picture and stuff. And so he has like a rose with their family name tattooed on it, which, you know, it's nice to hear that that's not just like, let's write a song about tattoos because they're cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then we get to uh, First Class Loser and uh, same. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this one's thought, really reminiscent of the vibes from kiss me i'm Shitfaced." it's just like yeah, a funny yeah. satire but like yeah. first class loser we all know this guy whenever i listen to the song immediately like two faces pop in my head three faces and i'm like <laughs> i know three of them i know three guys like this and people probably they think of my face when they hear this song too
0: it's fine that's okay yeah this song was fun for me but sort of forgettable. Um it's, I don't think it's as good as Kiss Me I'm Shitfaced. One thing no. that kept sticking out to me is um this reminds me a lot of like how can I describe this? Like heavily heavily inspired by the song Asshole by Dennis Leary. Sometimes oh, yeah. I park in handicaps spaces. They literally while have that handicapped- line, yeah yeah so this is like hey if you liked asshole by dennis leary hear a full band do it
2: (laughs) that's funny and
0: i think they're friends with dennis leary too i think they're like heavily involved with the cam newton fund or fund foundation which he's like involved with that would make sense boston guys but yeah it was okay it was fun but forgettable
2: yeah i'm not very familiar with this album but like the way it's recorded, it just sounds really good. It's It's got a really full sound to it.
1: Yeah, so. it's good production quality. I would For agree sure with reasons. that. <laughs> of course they did a Christmas song, because why wouldn't they?
0: <laughs> this yeah. one's pretty new, too. This just came out in November. Yeah. I didn't actually hear this song. What I heard was, we're in the money, <laughs> we're in the money. <laughs> oh, this on, felt Dan, like a total fun. cash grab. Oh, it's so oh, bad, yeah. Jeff. It, yeah, but you it's... can't. It's, he can't sing any of these notes he said i actually like, what i actually did not hear it before i put it on the playlist really <laughs> so jeff we're gonna get to this in in our overall thoughts but yeah. you probably shouldn't be adding songs you've never <laughs> heard onto the playlist um <laughs> He literally can't hit more than half the notes. I, I've never heard someone do a cover and just remove melodies. <laughs> also,
2: also, I've I've always been the like. Obviously, we want to talk you guys into it, but even with like the Weird Al playlist, I gave you the good and the bad. Because I want, I, I'm trying to be <laughs> fair. And well, that's i want a terrible to hear, idea. I want to hear your opinions on the bat. Uh, no, this one I maybe I listened to it once before I put it on. Um, I don't know. Everybody covered it. I just figured like, yeah, they cover a lot of Ivor songs. Let's see if they could do a good American uh Christmas song. Nope. They can't. They can't. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Turn Up the Dial is their new album that's coming out. So they released a few singles, I believe. This one, uh Middle Finger just came out like maybe the day I think it actually came out like the day after I made this playlist and I tossed it on. Oh. Um so it's very new. Mm. Um I thought that I thought it was pretty good. It's not like it's not as uproarious as some of like their more aggressive
1: songs. It's not as I don't know. It's missing the oomph in my opinion. Like it, it doesn't yeah. feel um uh, yeah, it doesn't I don't know. It was like I they sat
0: down and they were like, all right guys we have to write a Dropkick Murphy song. Let's do our best impression of one. Kind of, but also I think that they're doing new stuff.
2: Like the accordion was more prominent and I like the way that the accordion was. It was like galloping kind of, almost like a polka, which is not something that is super reminiscent of Dropkick. So I think that they are, they're, they're Dropkick Murphys, but they're going in a, they're just progressing on that <laughs> that music chart that, I don't know. I,
0: I mean, I took extensive notes for this entire playlist because I have a bad memory. So when it comes to music, I have to really be able to expound on each song through notes. And uh, when I got to this song, the only thing I wrote was, I don't like this. <laughs> okay. It well, just, I mean, uh, yeah, this- it's sort of like self-deprecating, but it feels like a total like bro anthem. It feels like... Um, all right. This is a deep dive, but go with me here. You I'm, guys I'm watched, on this journey. You guys watched when we were young. I'm sure everyone did. It was a law. Um, whose line is it anyway? When Drew yes. Harry hosted. Okay. Remember when they would play the game where Wayne Brady would show off his singing skills because it was probably part of his contract that he had to. <laughs> yes. I I remember. And so he would go over to this woman who like played guitar and piano and people would call out like ideas and genres and he would just do them. Yeah. And to me, this one was him and someone from the audience said Dropkick Murphy's middle finger and this is what he wrote.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Out of the 29 or 30 songs I put on here, if you don't like two of them, that's okay with me.
1: Yeah yeah that's kind of how i felt about it too and uh i guess we can get into some overall thoughts is that i don't have a lot of overall thoughts i thought everything was very uh about what i expected um yeah sometimes the the lyrics definitely got a lot more deeper than i was expecting like uh like dan was kind of saying they do sort of have this facade of like the bro culture and stuff and uh it, it was definitely pleasantly surprising to get some of the deeper lyrics and some of the uh double entendres like the state of massachusetts and stuff and uh yeah it was all very enjoyable
0: yeah i uh hmm i guess my biggest takeaway is that jeff just made the playlist a little too long for me i Um, knew he was gonna say it jimmy i knew it i counted (laughs) the songs when i did it and then i counted them yesterday and i was like dan's gonna say this is too long (laughs) i'm sorry it just felt too long like i i think that there was a lot of redundancies like there was probably like four or five traditional folk songs when there could have been like one um, <laughs>
2: One. <laughs> that's like i don't, half I don't know what thing. to tell you i
0: mean i just that's fine whatever i felt probably about halfway through that i knew everything i needed to know about this okay um i have more stuff to say afterwards sure
2: i mean my final push is that y- what you heard is what you're gonna get do they have 10 albums or they will by the time this episode comes out and you don't have to listen to all of them. Like, their their song or their album, 11 Short Stories of Pain and Glory, I've maybe heard, like, twice. I'm not very familiar with it, but you can go through their other albums and find things that you like. There are... There's enough songs from their albums where you can pick and choose and just make, like, a long playlist. Or even, like, Warrior's Code or Meanest of Times. Those are solid from the start to the... I would say most of their albums are. But those two, for me, uh, really stick out. And, you know, they're just... It's just a fun band, and I think that you already both like them. So that's my final push. And with that, I will ask the question. Did I talk you both into
0: Dropkick Murphys? One, two, three. Yes. Very soft yes from me, though. I really didn't have my mind made up until this morning. Really? Uh, Oh, what made up your mind? Just... Honestly, just talking it through with you guys made me realize and, and sort of what you said in your final push, Jeff, was what I was already saying in my head, which is that like there's a lot of mediocre shit on this playlist that I probably won't ever listen to again. But I could definitely make a good, you know, strong, like 20 song playlist that is enjoyable out of this band. Cool. Yeah, I think Uh. I feel like a like. Hmm. How can I say this? i feel like they've jumped the shark i'm not really inspired by what i've heard from the new album because i did listen to a couple other songs uh and it feels like they're kind of washed at this point but there are some really good ideas and songs on older albums that i would definitely dive deeper into that's cool
2: yeah like stuff i can't totally disagree with you on what you just said but like Pretend they broke up in 2015. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, just because, like, I mean, signed and sealed in blood. I put one song, rose tattoo, but there's other good songs in there. I'm just not as familiar with them, which is why I personally left it off. But like, there's good stuff on that album. That's my favorite Dropkick song. So you know, th- they did mm. good, right. They did the right thing in 2013 when they released that.
0: Um, yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad I got a yes, Jim. What What are your uh, final thoughts?
1: Um, pretty much uh i was a hard yes from the beginning i mean like yeah it was Ooh. um i've listened to this like a lot like i don't i think i probably because i did really like it but um i don't think well, uh, i mean
0: jim your dad is a is a firefighter a volunteer firefighter <laughs> so if you were a no you probably would would have received a strongly worded letter from someone <laughs> <laughs>
1: for for some reason I, I i kept on forgetting to ask him if he liked dropkick or not but like they might be a little too hard for him, but like I, I have a strong. He probably feeling.
0: likes like three other songs and knows them.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: I I knew Jimmy would be a yes because
2: it, there's a lot of catchy sing along. Oh parts. yeah,
1: for sure, super catchy. I would love to see them live. That's what it always comes down to: is what I like to see them live or not. And um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if I didn't fear for my life, um, I'd be <laughs> more interested in, in seeing them.
0: Well, Jim, the three of us will have to go because that way you can get drunk on green beer and me and Jeff can protect you.
1: Correct. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) All
2: right. So next week we're, we're kind of revisiting an old topic that you guys try to talk me into and, uh, you, you got a no,
0: right? I gave you a no. Right. So what Jeff's alluding to, and, and interestingly, we don't do a lot of back to back music weeks, but next week, no. Next week, Jimmy and I, uh, we got a no back in the day when we tried to talk Jeff into the Beatles, which is just, I mean, that's that should tell you all you need to know about for
2: Jeff. A, for a while, I felt bad about the no because I like some of the songs, but thinking back, I haven't listened to the Beatles since we recorded that two years ago.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So, so Jimmy, you and I had talked a little bit about how I've been getting back into a lot of John Lennon solo stuff. Right. And... Um, you know, I didn't know if, if Jeff would be super strongly into some of the more weird experimental John Lennon stuff. So, we kind of hatched this idea of doing one episode that talks Jeff into all the solo careers of the Beatles post the Beatles breakup. Right. And uh, I think that's an interesting take on it because uh, I think what we're looking, Jeff, is is for you to give it a chance and say like... Hey, I didn't love the Beatles, but when they went their own ways and like got to explore some like weirder stuff and some of what makes them individuals, um it's worth giving a try. That's what I'm hoping you'll say.
1: Yeah, okay. I pretty much we'll see. I, I pretty much agree with that. Um I mean some Beatles solo stuff is is better than others. Um we've kind of had talks behind the scenes just about like different songs and stuff to put on there. And, uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see what, what, uh, Jeff says about them.
0: Yeah. So we tried to keep it pretty fair. We didn't like overwhelming you with 30 John Lennon songs, 20 Paul McCartney songs and one Ringo song. Um, <laughs> because we don't want you to be like, I love John Lennon and I hate everything else or, you know, vice versa. Right. So it's, we made a playlist that sort of has a, an even smattering of songs from each of the members of the Beatles because, there's not many bands that broke up and had every member go on to solo success. Right. And
1: Like insane. You know,
0: yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah. Everyone loves the uh, Chris I, Kirkpatrick I, album, right? I love JC Chazé's Girls Song. Yeah. So, Jeff, there's a playlist. It's going to be in the show notes of this episode and the next episode. Okay. And, yeah, we hope we can talk you into the Beatles' solo careers. Until the then... oh wow i like the way you said it jeff you said it better than me
2: (laughs) dan where can people find talk me into on
0: this here internet well the big place guys if you really want to have your pulse your finger on the pulse of talk me into is you got to go to patreon.com slash talk me into we have so much fun stuff on there and a lot more coming uh Hopefully we'll be vaccinated and we'll be back together again producing new videos. But right now we've got a lot of fun individual stuff. We've got monthly exclusive audio episodes called Talking Shit. Um, If you don't want to support us because you hate us, um, you can just find us for free um, on TalkMeInto.com. We're on Twitter at TalkMeInto and Instagram Pod. And as always, if you feel so inclined, you can email us, talkmeinto at gmail.com. Jimmy, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at sonofafitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A, F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And I just looked it up and saw that this episode is dropping on 420 so blaze it guys yeah get wrecked <laughs> Jeff where can people find you online
2: oh uh, people can find me on twitter at two 27 that's Jeff with 5 F's the number 27
0: Dan where can people find you personally on the internet I'm on Twitter, under the name Danny underscore Breakdown, and guys, I just went into the recording studio to cut tracks for the next Old Dogs album. You could check out my band, OldDogsMusic.com, that's old with an E, like the Brits would do it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, what will we talk you into next? Ringo. Oh, I was
2: waiting. Whenever I don't say anything, I'm just waiting for something really funny. And then you get Ringo.
1: That was really funny. Yeah, it was good.
0: Stop. I got to go pee.
2: Can you hear anything in the background? Like is, oh, I don't know if you'll even pick it. Never mind.
0: I mostly just hear your bad opinions. <laughs> and that's in the foreground.
1: That's going to be in the outtakes.
2: Let's go, Jimmy. Let's bring us in. I am record dang. That sounds um, like a really good Thai dish. Record dang. Scording.
1: I'm, I'm also recording. I couldn't think of anything else fun to say that way. But, you know, you're like the Donatello in those
0: reoccurring scenes in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you can't think of a cool slang word perestroika <laughs> that's the exact one i was gonna do <laughs> oh yeah yeah doesn't Dorks? he say what's another one he does it a few times he's like mm.
1: and then at the end he's like mm. bossa nova oh yeah bossa nova yeah
0: cowabunga chevy Nova. that's towards the end mm. all right it's dropkick right ladies dropkick ladies sure is. i
2: love to dropkick ladies it's my favorite pastime Happy International Women's
0: Day.
1: <laughs> Very cool. For Very some reason
0: cool. I have this new thing where whenever Jimmy starts counting, I get a sudden desire to crack my knuckles, and then I'm like, I shouldn't do that because it might sound like a clap. <laughs> it's a little okay. clap. It's a knuckle. And it's one clap. of those it's one of those mind over matter things, like just because I think of it, I have to do it. Alright, sorry to bother everyone. <laughs> that
2: was pretty they good that was really good that really tickled me in the back of the throat
0: all, all right. right why don't you start oh by the way you guys might hear penny a little bit because i couldn't send her over my parents today Ah. <sighs>